Tank has all of his press conferences at the fucking Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ah. What are we doing? What? What about my press conferences? Oh, God. <laughs> keeping it topical, brother. <laughs> I said that you have all of your press conferences at the Four Seasons Landscapes in Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> I was like, real- I was like, who's making that noise? It's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a what a way to start the show. Uh, yeah, this is a stable of studs uh, wrestling podcast. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Of course, joined with me, we got Jimmy the James Dean. How you doing, sir? Sup sup sup. Are we recording? Yeah. Because you know, all right. And, and yeah, I, I did. I didn't catch on to your inside joke. Oh wow! Mute yourself, Mike. <laughs> or Tanner? I don't. Yeah, that's Tanner. Ask me. Yeah, it was Tanner. Okay. Way to go, Tanner. Jesus Christ. Sorry. We can have turtle heads. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my camera. Oh, we don't need to see your beautiful face today. That's nice. Anyway, hey, uh, and of course we got Mailman Mike. What up, Mailman? Greetings and salutations, everyone. Awesome. Uh, good, nice to see everyone's face again. Long time, or almost everyone's face again. Yeah. Long time. Not, really only seeing Tank and I's face. Cause I'm not wearing a shirt, and I'm not going to put a shirt on, so that's why I don't have my camera on. <laughs> you do you, Adam. That's awesome. Oh, man. And that was, of course. I, well, go ahead. Go. Uh, no, I was just gonna say uh, I've been married for going on 15 years. I think I've been shirtless around my wife three times in my life. <laughs> How many kids do you have? Just one. <laughs> well, that was one of the times. I know. I bet you leave the socks on. Do you leave oh, the man. socks on? No, I, I, I don't even wear socks. To get I keep the flannel on, brother. <laughs> the flannel, the, the flannel vest. <laughs> oh man! And of course, we got Adam freaking Danger. What's up, man? Yo, what's up, gang? What yeah, glad to be back here. Stable stuff. Yeah, well, it's been we'll a get, while. Yeah, it has been. Sorry about that, guys. It's just uh, life, you know. But uh, and of course, last but definitely not least, we have Tanner Treadway. How are Hi. you doing, Tanner? That's I'm great. good. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm doing that. great. And so, uh, anyway, did anyone watch Full Gear? Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Tanner, how you doing, yeah. man? I'm good. My birthday's tomorrow, so appreciate that. Oh. Happy birthday! <laughs> well, no. We all knew it was your birthday. We all knew tomorrow, it was right? tomorrow, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why we got together yeah. tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You totally didn't have to remind your friends that it's your birthday tomorrow. No, I know y'all have Facebook. Yeah, we have Facebook. Facebook would have done that tomorrow for us. The only reason I still keep Facebook is for the messenger. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I don't know anybody's birthday. All right. Well, of course, we are convening together because we wanted to talk about what happened happened on uh, this past Saturday for AEW Full Gear. uh, Full full fuckery. Jesus Christ! Turn it down! Sorry, it was a truck driving by. Uh, but yeah, so about that. Uh, initial thoughts overall. Anybody want to go first while I pull up my sheet? It was fun. It was long. It was way too long. I think it was a. I give if I were giving it a grade, a B. It was a solid B. It was a good B. Pay per view. Uh, like Tanner said, it was a little long. I. 
we talked, you know, off on our uh, on our messenger, and I just I agree with Tanner. I think they could have cut Orange Cassidy, right? I, and I was just like, this guy's just a little jabroni from the Dark Order. I thought he was what a little, I, you know, what what did you need this match for? It felt like every single like it felt like they had the card and they had the established card, right? And then they hit fucking shuffle and just put whatever <laughs> match in whatever yeah, order. Exactly the the. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I agree. The the uh, order in which the matches were booked was real weird. Uh, yeah. But real quick, I want to skate over. Adam, did you just call John Silver a little jabroni? He's just like a little like roly poly jabroni, like like a nobody. What what was the point? First off, he is the single most over talent. They, I mean, oh, more over than anybody else. On social media, John Silver is the most over person they have. Uh, he has left all the Orange Cassidy's and all the Adam Pages, whatever, uh, in the dust as far as social media love um, because of being the elite and his personality and the fact. And then, like, they're starting to like you can see his match. He's like his match with uh, at B at uh, PWG with um, Brian Cage, where he got to show off his little powerhouse skills. And yep. uh, he's they're really getting him. He. They're not getting him over. He got over on himself. Ninety-nine percent of being the elite. Um, but it is funny that, that you say that because you know he would have been a guy that you know the little jabroni, or as I still like to call him, the little sex pervert. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> explain, <laughs> explain, please. It's a, it's a being the elite thing. It's what uh, uh, yeah. uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta called him. They said that he's the little sex pervert um, <laughs> yeah. because of the way he acts. On the sh- anyway, Johnny gotcha. Hunky. I um, did like how they showed a, a clip, like a, a little highlight um, from one of his past matches where he did the double, bifle- uh, double bicep pose um, at the same time as he was doing the same pose in the ring yep. live. <laughs> so that was good. Definitely not a not a one trick pony. Look, dude, he's actually he's pretty entertaining for a guy <laughs> yes. who's only five four. He is a two time strongman champion. He's not six one. This yeah, is and he this, is. hey, and you got to give it you got to give him credit too because this is coming from one of the guys who love big guys in wrestling. So if Jim yeah. if Jimothy is saying that, it, it means something. Yeah. So well, you're like, saying he's like he's built like Wolverine. He's five four. He's legitimately exactly what Wolverine would look like in real life as far as his stature. But anyways, yeah. he's he, I give him mad credit because he was a guy that was destined to be a jabroni, a, destined to be a jobber, but because of having an opportunity. Well, congratulations. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. he's really he, he. You will see that guy get bigger and bigger. You know spots in the next year anyways, but uh, yeah. But having said that, you know you had two of your hottest youngest. Hottest younger talents with Orange and him, and I do feel like it could have been skipped. It didn't really, didn't need to be a pay per view match. In fact, it did. It felt forced. Because um, first off, you got Orange over more, which he's already super yeah. over. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it did seem sort of like a tacked on match, but yeah. Uh, but we went right from that match to what match? Well, <clears throat> well, let's start from the beginning, and we will, okay. we'll, we'll we'll go skip over here. Um, I do want to talk about. <clears throat> Well, it's a couple of things, of course, that we want to talk about. Uh, but the, the one thing, too, that I, I do want to bring up uh, toward maybe towards the end as we wrap up is, like, Don Callis doing, uh, Don Callis doing ca- uh, commentary. Uh, Love it. You know, uh, so that, that was interesting. Of course, Don, Don Callis is uh, uh, part owner or the full owner of Impact. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, before Orange Cassidy and John Silver, you had what you know known as a curtain jerk match. 
sarcastically sarcastically speaking, uh, which out it was Hangman versus Omega. Like the start, it's like it's like if it was fucking WrestleMania, and you had one of the championship matches go first. At first, I thought, you know, I thought I was like, why, like, why on earth are they? They should be like second to last, if anything. But then we yeah. watched the match, <laughs> and and it made sense. And they, that was a great first match. Yeah, shouldn't have been, but it was. Yeah, it was a great. For, I mean, it shouldn't have been a great first match because it, it should have, you know, knocked the socks out of us, you know, afterwards. But you know, uh, off of us, not out of us. <laughs> uh, but uh, where you keep your socks? Yeah, exactly. But uh, Jimothy, go. I thought it was good. I thought. I mean, I. I it wasn't a five-star no. classic, but I thought it was good. I thought it was booked well. I thought the yeah. whole idea of of the yeah. constant, um, you know, the constant uh, 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 reversals and stuff told a cool story, like, because, you know, they know each other. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it wasn't – didn't blow my mind, but it was a serviceable – Yeah, it wasn't a bad match, and it doesn't – I mean no. – I think a lot of the times when we think about these superstars like Kenny Omega, you always expect a five-star match. That's not the point. Of, it, 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 that's not the point of you know wrestling, so to speak. You're not you're not always supposed to do like you know main event uh, Wrestle Kingdom matches. Sometimes you got to set up the show, and that was a good yeah. setup show match, and it was a decent match to watch. I would say this though. I would say the fact that uh, both of them are starting off this pay per view. If you go back a year ago, right when we were kicking off and really excited for Dynamite. You would have placed bets on both Hangman and Kenny Omega as being like these are the the franchise players. These are going to be the guys that we're going to build eventually build up to, right? And these yeah. are going to be the guys that take over wrestling. And a year later, they're curtain jerking. And to me, you know, I said this again on our chat. Eddie Kingston has like uh, leapfrogged him. He's he's just yeah. come in like a bullet, and now he's in the main event picture wrestling for the belt. And neither of those guys. Are even sniffing the uh, world well, champion? Well, well that's, th- that's the whole point of the match, though. Yeah. That was the whole point exactly. of the match. But I think, like, again, this was like a year ago. They're, to me, they're still kind of just top mid card guys in AEW. If you only watch AEW, if you don't have anything from New Japan or you don't watch Being the Elite, these guys are good. But I think they're not truly. They haven't ascended to the level of main event talent in AEW just yet. It was so weird because they did a lot of things that made Kenny Omega's matches famous in the first place, which was that that New Japan style. They did a lot of those real quick counters, a lot of those um, like hulking up no cells, um, using each other's moves, but it's not as effective as when the other guy does it. There there was a lot of that New Japan element to it, but not in in like not so much that it was recognizable. And not so much that it really added to the match. So it didn't really make a whole lot of sense what they were doing with that match. Yeah. Um, I, I like Adam's point. Uh, going back to Adam's point, it was like, if you don't know anything about New Japan, uh, you know, about like Kenny and Adam's past there, you don't want, you don't want to be in the elite. Or you, you, He's nobody. It, right. And that's actually, that could be a kind of a good thing to see this, tra- you know, to see this transformation between both individuals. Uh, stepping up to be uh, these main event stars in the, in the long run. Um, I, I know they always bring mention to it too, so I'm sure not everyone is blind to the idea, you know, or to to their past uh, of Kenny Omega and Hangman, uh, especially Kenny because they always upsell his previous matches, and that's a problem. Right. To me, it's like why 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 do, why do we have to upsell your previous matches? Why can't we be upselling yeah. your current matches? 
Because he yeah. didn't wrestle good matches lately. Yeah, it's it's a little bit frustrating to see that. Um, but you know, I'm not the booker. Let's hopefully, hopefully, it does a payoff at the end to where we see um, the Kenny Omega that we love and miss dearly. I don't want to see the cleaner. I I don't think that they're you, going you to do, do that either. <sighs> I I think they're they're turning him crazy. I think the the little references to the literal cleaner, like the girls with the brooms and everything. I think that's just working people up. Yeah. And I, I don't think that we're going to see anything like the Kenny Omega that we did in New Japan. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, it's it's going to be difficult. Um, the thing that resonated most with me watching it, um, and, and kind of to, to Tank and Tanner's point also, um, we haven't seen the Kenny Omega of New Japan or the type level of matches. Because so I don't know that there's that many guys as good as the AEW roster is shaping up. I don't know that there's that many guys that can hold up their end. Like a, like an Okada or Tanahashi or Naito or all those guys did with him. Um, I will say this: like one thing that really kind of stuck out was for a guy that's only been in the business for twelve years. Like I was so impressed. I came away a little more impressed with Paige because um, with Kenny, you know how great he is, yeah. and I think you you know like how exceptional his work is. I was so impressed from from minute one, like the handshake. I I felt something, and I had to actually kind of do some googling after um, after I saw it. But right from the handshake um, in the beginning of the match, it almost told the story of their entire, um, the entire like chapter of their of their storytelling. As far as Kenny was so self assured and confident when he stuck the hand up for the handshake, and you saw Paige kind of a little like unsure of himself, a little trepidatious, a little like nervous almost, and it literally encapsulated their entire story up mm-hmm. until that point. But um, but yeah, Paige at thirty years old, twelve years in the business, like he was in place for everything. Like he sold exceptionally well. Like I I really was genuinely impressed. And small footnote uh, before moving on, uh, uh, you know, Adam, a shout out to you. I just learned uh, yesterday, Adam Page was trained by Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant. I did not know that. <laughs> I, not, I did not know that. I just learned that yesterday. So, um, but yeah, a little interesting footnote there. But so impressed with where he was. But uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I think that's the thing is, I think I think there's something to be said as far as like AEW is booking in a way that like is a little bit more interesting than what, like, they could have gone, here's Adam Page, he's this, you know, handsome, rugged cowboy character who's obviously, we you, you can sense that we have big plans for him, but instead of just fucking putting the rocket up his ass and having him go down a path that would be way more expected, making him this sort of drunken, you know, second runner who, yeah. you know, like, dude, that's at least more interesting than fucking just, like, you know, another baby-faced, you know, cowboy you know, I mean, they're definitely they're, not letting us expect what's going to happen. Exactly. And I appreciate that because I think having watched WWE for so long with nothing else to watch, like when I don't know what's going to happen three months in advance, it throws yeah. me for a loop. And it's, yeah. It, yeah. Um, but Mike, it's funny that you brought up the handshake because that, that again, that that's also a very um, Japanese stigma. So like in the States, yeah. right. The good guy, he reaches out the hand for the handshake. The bad guy slaps it away. He goes, no, no, I don't shake your hand. But yeah. in, in, in Japanese wrestling, you don't shake hands before a match. It's just a competition. You go in there, you fight it out, that's it. So typically it's the heel that reaches out their hand, and the good guy is like, nah, I'm not shaking your hand. Let's just fight. So yeah, I, nice. I thought that was interesting that they kind of flipped that. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. That yeah. 
And then uh, going, and then of course we already talked about Orange Cassidy and John Silver. Uh, so Whatever. we'll skip to after that and to what uh, Jimothy was saying. Uh, it, it transitions into Cody versus Darby Allen. Uh, what? First off, <laughs> I don't so know what's going on. I call I like I'm not saying I'm a goddamn wrestling genius, but I called all of the main main matches as far as like. I mean, again, I think especially with the Bucks, I think that one was really telegraphed. I think this was even more telegraphed, honestly. Um, you, obviously, Darby's over, and they have big plans for Darby. There's really no point with fucking Cody continuing on with the belt. He, Especially now that he is now Cody Rhodes. Thankfully, he won. Yeah, he got his name back. He's not going to use it, though. He's still... No, he is using it. No. See, they called him Cody. He brought they. He came out as Cody Rhodes. They did. Really? They, they yeah. said it. It was on his name card and everything. Wow. But he's actually owned those rights for a yeah. good while now. Wow. And he said it before, no, they, like he they, he wanted to have Cody on. Rhodes outside and keep Cody Rhodes outside of, um, yeah. out of wrestling and just keep it the the American Nightmare Cody. But hey, we'll see. You know, people can change. Predictability on the match aside, um, I don't I don't think any one of us here was like Darby's not going to win this. Um, but Cody is definitely taking that slot, um, that I think is kind of Randy Orton esque. Like you need a guy to fill a slot. He's got to, you got to know that it's going to be a good match, put Cody in it. And, and I think that he's, he's doing well with that. Um, but at the same time, it's a lot more transparent than it is with Orton. Um, cause Cody's like, well, okay, how can I put this guy over? So, you know, when, when Cody loses to him. It's like okay, that's the guy that Cody likes, and that's the one he wants to put over. So it's it's a little weird that they're all the bookers and everything, but I think that's just inherent. But so look, here's I have, I have a few quick thoughts on this. One, you know, I said offline, you know, in their chat, like how like how different he is from his father because Dusty wasn't doing the job for anybody, and that seems to be <laughs> all uh, Cody does anymore. But you know, as again, as an EVP and as, as he has a rock solid position in the company, he doesn't really need to be a. Older because TNT was probably like we want the handsome young popular guy to be associated with our brand and stuff but I will say though it told an interesting story like Cody showboating and fucking doing the push ups and Arn getting legit like you know getting mad at him and stuff um, I thought it was a told an interesting story and I feel like there's something being telegraphed there there's something being sort of foreshadowed there between um, Arn and, and, and uh, Cody yeah, and Arn and, and I would Cody watch that. possibly even, you know, a heel turn down the road. Um, so, but either way, I thought, thought like, yeah, I, to Tanner's, like you said, I, it wasn't just me, I think, that predicted the the outcome of that match. But again, I thought it was more interesting because I, I wasn't, again, uh, that's not a matchup I really gave a fuck about. But then watching it, I was like, well, it's at least an interesting story. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, and I give I give Darby Allen a lot of credit. He, that kid definitely works his ass off. He's not that spot where he had him in the fucking hammerlock and he just threw him out. Dude, that that kid's taking risks, man. Like, uh, but he's he's trying. He's doing his thing. He's trying to really make himself somebody. So I give him mad props. So, but overall, as an actual match, C plus. But I do I did like some booking aspects of it. I love Darby Allen minus one thing, and that's the damn coffin drop. That mean at me, you're a buck like buck fifty soaking wet, dude. Like on a good day, you know, and you're gonna just fall down on somebody with your back. It just doesn't make any sense to me. 
But I, yeah, but the same sentiments. I just wanted to say, lose the coffin drop, do something, flip. I'd I, I rather take a flip than a fucking coffin I, I, drop. <laughs> I love the coffin drop because it's just the iconography of it, like the whole like. It's you know, a cool it's, looking move. And, yeah, no, it's, it's not. It, it doesn't is. look Come on. cool. It, it, it looks like he's doing no. a trust fall. That's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really, I mean, that's literally, I mean it, it literally is. Oh, you know, with the cross arm, the like coffin. Like, I think like. Knee jerk, my action was like, "Oh, that's cool! Like, that's like a cool like." If I was on the Indies and my name was like fucking, you know, I was, I was Dead called, Boys. Exactly, I was you know uh, fucking Nightmare with a K and I G H T. Oh my god! Uh, that was oh, the chaos with an S. Create a wrestler. <laughs> James uh, comes up with the worst names when he's trying to make fun of people, and then they stick. Like Nightblade. You might, you might be a genius Booker. You might be. Me and my backyard edgelord federation. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, but yeah, just fifteen J whites. Exactly. Uh, I will say this. I, I will say this. I thought it was a good match. Did Cody do a crossroads off the top rope? Right. Yes. I thought that was like an insane avalanche like, crossroads. It was. It was pretty wild. But I, I will say this. When I think it comes to AEW, you need. Uh, stars, you need people that you are not going to see on WWE, right? You're not going to see, you need somebody like a Darby Allen that you're just, you know, like if you're flipping through, you're like, oh, let me see what AEW is about. And you see this guy and you're like, well, what's his deal? I want to see what he's doing because I'm not seeing anything like that, any approximation on NXT or SmackDown or Raw. And, you know, back in the late 90s when I was, you know, between Raw and, and, uh, Nitro. and Nitro, you would want to catch like guys like Sting and Booker T, and you're like, I just I'm not seeing that on WWE. This is kind of interesting. Let yeah. me see this. And so I think the more that they they you know they they give him the belt, uh, give him a prime position. Like I said, with Eddie Kingston as well, you're not going to see that guy on on the other brand, and that's exciting. And you kind of have to promote that and shelter it and and give him room to succeed. Uh, so for that, you know, I'm glad for Darby Allen. I think we all kind of pull for him. He's a young guy too. Like he and he and MJF are really, He's really young cats. So, you know, if they can, if AEW can invest in them and, you know, we can see these guys five, ten, I don't even know how long AEW is going to last, but if it's five and 10 years, you know, these will be the real franchise guys. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely. Definitely see that. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about Jericho and MJF. Cause... No, we're going to go in order. What what's next? I don't remember. Sheeta versus Nyla. Oh, God, uh, pretty hard. She hitting. scares me. Ny- t- Nyla scares me because I I feel like she's like Nia Jax, and that every single spot I'm like, oh shit, she's gonna hurt him. She's once she's gonna. Said, once you said that she was gassed, I started laughing. <laughs> she <laughs> was, <laughs> dude. <laughs> she's blown up. She was she was blown yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, you know it happens. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Sheeta did that whole pull-up thing uh, when she had she had Nyla beat. Uh, oh yeah, just coming. See, I liked it. I know you I liked did. It I know you of because you Nyla had been doing move. it. Well, here's the thing though: she had been doing it for for a couple weeks. She would do it to all of her opponents, and and it was kind of it was the symbolism of like, okay, I've beaten this one. Yeah. Now everything that comes out after is for you. I understand and that, so, but like Sheeta, Sheeta doesn't like give off that bad girl vibe, you know. And I think she it, could. She could, but she didn't. She hadn't before, so just like, why is that good good girl doing bad girl things? She, she's she's very she's very. Uh, and of course, I want to see something different of? too, like from the women's division. I, and I think, um, well, 
supposedly uh, Thunder Rosa's back, but we'll see. You know, there's been yep. that rumors uh, that uh, she was going to WWE, but God, I hope not. Uh, but yeah, so we can, any, that, that's all I wanted to point out the match, unless anyone else wanted to say anything. I mean, I, I like that, it, uh, you know, she came out super strong and super aggressive. Yeah. Uh, that's really the only thing I, I took from the match. I was like, oh, I like how they opened this. That's okay. it. And then moving forward, we had Young Bucks versus FTR for the tag team uh, champions uh, championship. Very, very cinematic. Very. It was, it was a highlight reel. It was like a... It was. It was. It felt like the Bucks were attempting high art. That's what it felt like. I don't remember it being that memorable though. Like, it was. It was a no. good match, but you just saw. And I we I complained about this. I feel like either two pay per views ago that Young Bucks matches. It's like, oh, cool. He's just like a, a DJ that's just gonna play like the hits, and they the just hits. kind of segue into another. And it's like, well, that's fine. But what was special about this match? What did you bring to this match other than you know? It reminds me of, I had this old boss at Fred Loya, and he used to be a backyard wrestler, and he would tell me, he's like, yeah, man, back in El Paso, we, me and my buddies, we'd wrestle, but everything would devolve into just giving each other DDTs over and over and over again. <laughs> and, like, I'd laugh, and he goes, I, got a, I took a DDT on top of, like, my dad's station wagon or something. But I, that always stuck with me, that he goes, like, yeah, we wanted to put on good matches, and we thought we were, like, really, really, like, oh, man, we're going to be badass wrestlers. But at the end of the day, you just kind of go back to what you know, and, like, I want to do this cool move. I want to do this sick move. Gotta and that's what I think about in, the brother. Bucks. It's like, I'm going to do everything that I've seen on TV, and which is great, which is nice. It pops a crowd if there's a crowd there. But <laughs> after that, is it, you know, what is this? What am I See, watching? I, I think it works for the Bucks better than it does anyone else, though, because that, that I mean, that's in, that's literally the Bucks gimmick. Their Their entire gimmick is meta wrestling. So, like, they know that what they're going to do is what you've already seen before. And, and they play into that. Um, I thought it was interesting. I know I said this, I thought it was interesting seeing like, it was essentially a battle of their past influences and, and their previous matches and stuff. Um, but yeah, it just like, in terms of like a fight, it just, it didn't make any sense. Well, to me, I, I always feel like that FTR doesn't like to call matches behind the, uh, you know, before the, before the match. And, of course, uh, they're more of on-the-fly kind of uh, wrestlers versus the Bucks, who are undoubtedly spot monkeys. Uh, and I think that y you get this hybrid of fuckery sometimes and these missed spots. And I think it, it does look, it does come off clunky sometimes. They're, they're all four of them are excellent workers. Like they all they all can put on a great show, but going back to what you were saying, Tanner, I I, I just don't think I, I think if uh, if you're going to be doing the same thing over and over and over, it does become stale. And and the Bucks they started to do this, uh, you know, heel turn in a way, uh, but they were still doing the same move set. You know, it's, it's like, well, what are you yep. what are you doing differently that's going to make you a heel? Tank, can we start a tag team called Hybrid Fuckery? Yes, we can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come out to Hybrid Theory. What was it? Who did Hybrid Theory? Was that a Lincoln Park? Park? There you go. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah. So I mean, it, you know, uh, Young Bucks won the championship, so uh, they don't have to not ever not fight for the champ uh, the tag yeah. titles ever again. Uh, so that's good. I did like the the mirroring of uh, what's his name's hand injury. Versus Matt's uh, ankle injury, I thought that was fun seeing both sides play on that. But 
I think I think that just kind of worked because what's his name? Dash Cash? Dash. Da- is it Dash? Dash? I think it's, it's Dash no, it- Rendar. No, exactly. it's not. That's that's the fucking Star Wars name. <laughs> it's Cash that's Dash. Nerd shit. It's James. Ca- okay, one of them's Cash Wheeler. What's Cash the other Wheeler. one's name? Dax. Dax Harwood. Dax Dax Hard. Chest Rockwell. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it just kind of worked out in their favor that he happened to bust his hand open on something. I don't know when that happened or how, but but yeah, I think that just kind of worked in their favor. <laughs> in- so, so like, I thought it told an interesting enough story. I, I I like that they're trying to actually tell in ring stories, but just yeah. the whole conceit that like whichever one chest. Harry Chest. The, uh, whatever. They both Brock have Landers. them. Jessica Hard- Hardwood. Yeah, Hardwood or whatever. Dax Hardwood or whatever. The one that did the 450, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, it goes, it's so out that of was- character, and it's not like they, I don't know. I was like, oh, even when he got up to do it, I was like, what is this bullshit? Yeah. And of course, that's how he loses. I was like, I know people are like, online or fucking you know, squirting their juices <laughs> over that. And I'm like, to me, I'm like, to me, it seemed a little like dumb it seems like something that was so out of character like that's the point he was out of the character i'm like yeah but that doesn't work if it's stupid like doesn't yeah. mean, it doesn't mean it's good yeah exactly so yeah. but i mean otherwise i mean i thought it was a decent man there's some funny fun spots it was in fun when they yeah. both had him and you know and anyways but yeah and then Mike, double, you? yeah man you? you've been quiet today that's uh, unlike you well no i was uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> the um uh james did you see say something in our kind of chat group that you saw or you ran across something that explained the storytelling there where the bucks were heels and then they weren't and then no he's talking about kenny and page yeah did you say you saw something about that yeah i think it was like what culture somebody did about how like the storytelling there like how you know the genius of that storytelling and i and i, I went into it and I, I usually with that kind of stuff i roll my eyes a little bit but uh i whatever youtube thing i watched i thought it was actually pretty accurate and then re-watching it again i was like oh this is pretty smart and again like everything in this day is, is sort of everything we're so used to with the with kenny and or with not with kenny and page but about those kind of storytelling is like we want an immediate like we want somebody to turn on each other we, we want that immediate payoff but this this storytelling has been told organically and this especially in this page and omega we're basically at the end of the match omega never even looked at 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 page he was like i'm done this i like my eyes are now in the future. You're, I'm. You've left you in, in, you know, in the dust, and you're in my past. But then you see, you know, Adam Page is devastated. Like he's like, and it's just really nuanced storytelling. And even the stuff, like I said, when the Bucks won, I didn't even notice it during the pay per view. But you know, Omega came out and you know celebrated with him. You didn't Page see Page? The, I didn't ever. I just wasn't paying attention to it. I guess. But Page and the other thing just sort of like. Well, Page was bad talking in the in the back. Yeah, he. He wanted exactly. to come out, but he didn't have anybody to dance with. Yeah, exactly. But could it also oh, foreshadow Kenny getting the uh, <laughs> Kenny getting the belt then? Like, and then like the Bucks and Kenny have got the gold, and they're going to run through AEW now. I, it, it. I said that I. I feel like I say this every time we talk about title changes, but it doesn't make sense to take the belt off of Moxley right now. Well, the dude we'll is he's made out we'll of dollars. There. We'll get there. We'll have a conversation about it, all right, guys? All right, we're we're all going right. in order. So we have two more matches before we get there, all right? We got plenty of time here. Uh, and then We have uh, one more match. We have two more matches. Mm, we have a movie and then one more match. Hey, that movie was good. Oh, okay. Was, what? I, I, you know, 
I liked one part. It was like movie 43. That's what we saw. We saw movie 43, <laughs> oh the God. wrestling version. That's what it was. Uh, everything that you can expect into uh, what I call uh, the Boneyard match uh, on fucking, uh, not steroids, Jesus Christ, no. Uh, but on acid, <laughs> that's what you would get. Sure. Acid yeah. and somas. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, at first, I didn't. I, I was like, what? You think what? Jeff was inside? I, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He was absolutely inside. <laughs> Ron Somas? You think he was just didn't go no. brother outside? Well, they should have done something like you saw some hands and it goes, Brother Nero. And then, like, I guess we would have popped. But then again, you're, it's filmed, right? So you're not popping an audience unless you're just popping people, like, at home. I think, like, like you take, you're about to say, I thought, oh, this is kind of dumb. And then seeing gangrel come out i was like are you serious i haven't seen gangrel in years and then i was uh, excited so and then let, let me just yeah. go on record though saying what does it say about your match when the highlight is fucking gang <laughs> <laughs> which i was stoked for him too because you know apparently he's like the nicest dude on earth but uh yeah. i was like what uh, the in fact uh-oh. out of the pay-per-view at that point i actually got up to get food and i came back in and i was like is that fucking gangrel? <laughs> See, what's really funny to me is that they had him in the hood with the voice changer, as if anyone in 2020 would recognize Gangrel's voice. <laughs> exactly. The dude who said like, like six he's, words is just unrecognizable. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest; like, I forgot this match was even happening. So when they started doing it, I was like, "Oh, what I guess it? this is happening." Like, I they I don't think they built up to it all that much like i know that they're feuding but i didn't yeah. know that they were gonna have any kind of uh what was it, elite deletion or what have you i i, I, I was like oh, okay yeah I'm, I'm very confused about who sammy guevara is as a wrestler as far as like his persona and his character uh because you he's know, the stupid spot guy he's the guy that you're like every, he's he's there he's there Mick character. Foley. i mean what i'm saying is it's like on one side you have him with it you know quote unquote a prestigious stable with with the inner circle you know, surrounded by guys like Jack, uh, you know, Jack Hager and Chris Jericho, and on the flip side, uh, you have him like doing these funny slash hardcore matches with Matt Hardy, and it just—it's a weird combination. I—I I mean, I—I I enjoyed it like towards the end because I mean, as it got more, I guess, more into like that hardcore uh, genre towards the end. It got dark. Yeah, it got quick. really dark. It's like, oh, he's going to kill somebody. There's a hu- well, there was a huge pool of blood on that yeah. concrete. Hey, like, receipt, I'm, brother. I'm hoping that that was a work. That was, Guevara's head, a- like the back of his head was busted open. Yeah, well, at least he didn't fall off a freaking 20-foot crane <laughs> onto, onto concrete. Ugh. Anyway. Dummies. Uh, so Matt Hardy wins, which again, I'm thinking, what does Matt Hardy have to have to gain from winning this match? Like, and what is, and what would Sammy ha- have gained from that? I think, again, you know, you're you're in a you're in a heel st- you're you're in a heel uh, stable, which so losses don't really matter that much. Um, but it just for Sammy being so young, you would think that you know the the payoff should have been him winning and just still being this. This little, you know, annoying person, you know, annoying wrestler that you just want to see uh, get the shit beat out of, but that didn't happen, you know. Yeah, but at the same time, you you have Matt Hardy who still has some sort of career left. 
uh, you know, in front of him. And, and you want to preserve, you don't want to turn that dude into, you know, uh, just like, you know, Ric Flair before evolution. Exactly. <laughs> so like, I mean, you're, you're still trying to preserve whatever money you can get out of Matt Hardy as a brand. So I, it made sense to me. Okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the character development comes from a loss. Um, so it's, it's weird that, that they gave Sammy this loss because they didn't really set up any career, like any character development. Whereas with Matt Hardy, there are a million different ways you yeah. can go with his million different characters. Um, so, so it's interesting. I feel like, I feel like this has got to move Sammy forward somehow. Um, but I just don't know how yet. Yeah. Well, this, uh, yeah, man, this is yeah. I just this is where, like, honestly, like the my enthusiasm kind of died for the show a little bit, and stuff. It just ties to a little bit of what you guys were just saying right now, and that um, you know the same thing with Matt Hardy. I feel like the same with uh, Jericho in a way, and that there's they're making sure to leave like passageways for them to continue on, but. God, if we, you know, I mean, and it ties maybe to the next match, like what incentive does MJF have to want to be in the inner circle when they, they, they take more losses than Iron Mike Sharp and, you know, and that's it just, this is where I get so mad as if, cause the inner circle is loaded with talented guys even more now after the next match, which I know we're about to cover, but just, it just kills me. Like, yeah, just like Tanner said, like, where do you take Guevara from here? When for me, like Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, like the Wardlow, these are the guys that you can see. Like, you know, um, those, are, those are like true AEW guys that haven't been, yeah. I mean, for the most part, haven't yeah. been anywhere else majorly. Homegrown. I mean, yeah. Personally speaking, yeah. you could take fucking Sammy Guevara to the goddamn unemployment line and I wouldn't shed a tear. <laughs> but, Easy. Uh, but I mean, I, I get it. I mean, like, but again, you know, he can take a few more L's individually. Like, as an individual wrestler, Sammy Guevara taking an L isn't a big deal. Not at this at all. No, I, I agree. I don't, especially I don't not think to Matt he... Hardy. Especially yeah. not in Matt Hardy's match. Like in yeah, yeah. You know, it would be like Undertaker losing in a Hell in Hell in the Cell. But or yes, as as a uh, as a uh, faction, they look hella puss. So the only thing legitimately badass about them is the fact that Jake Hager uh, just had a you know, say, uh, yeah, like so. I mean, but as a that fucking was faction, funny. I like that they else. just looked at his face. They were like, "Oh, look, he got he he fighter man. He fight he fight people. Look, he yeah. fight. <laughs> he got bruises on his face. He fight." So let me ask you this: Was this just a reason to rerun the final deletion yes. for those who didn't watch it three years yeah. ago? Yes. This this was Matt. Like, hey, can I just wrestle at my house again? <laughs> I don't. And they were like, like, I don't feel like going to Florida. <laughs> all right, all right. Last time, but yes. Oh man, it's not gonna be the last time. Well, it's uncomfortable just to watch Matt move now. <laughs> to walk, right? No, no, no. It really is. It, it, it is sad the way he hits. walks. Yeah, he, he, it's like it's like he's got two by fours on either side of his pants. Yeah, yeah man. Exactly. And if yeah. you if you watch the the last ride documentary, you'll see Undertaker before his hip surgery walking like that too. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hell it, yeah. It's, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that Gene Simmons sex tape, but uh, it, I would I would say it's apropos to that. 
Uh, I have not seen the Gene Simmons. He's very like limited in his movement. (laughs) That sounded like a multiple viewing kind of opinion. Let's take a poll. Would you rather watch Hulk Hogan's porno or Gene Simmons porno? You have to choose. You have to choose. I guess guess Gene Simmons. I've already seen Pasta Mania. (laughs) Oh God. I can't think of four more nauseating words that you could put together than Gene Simmons sex tape. Like I know it's pretty rough. And I like it because he like he's so he's like oh I'm a sex beast. I'm like, yeah. no you're not. Oh you're not you piece of shit. <laughs> <Four points>, <laughs> dude. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, definitely. Uh, what did you call him, Adam? Papa Hogan. What was it? The Impasta Pasta Mania. Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania? <laughs> well, like, like, uh, I remember from the Hulk Hogan sex tape, like, he was gonna have sex with Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, yeah. but he ate too much pasta, so he couldn't work, right? He was just, yeah. like, laid up he couldn't with his, work. his belly was over, and he's like, oh, you better give it to me, baby. But he he legitimately ate too much pasta, and Bubba the Love Sponge had set up this tape, like, he couldn't, she had to put him over. <laughs> oh, my Literally. God. Literally. Everybody just Hulk Hogan, baby. Oh man, and I love like, to. I gotta get on my back, Jack. <laughs> when you go to the go- <laughs> like fucking Shawn Michaels. Just oh my! I just I couldn't Jesus. believe it. I'm to, that's the that's what makes me the sickest. That makes me the most sick is that he's full. Like imagine being full of pasta in your belly and being like, "Ready Stop. for love, baby." Oh no! Uh, oh, God. I just I love the fact during the Gawker trial uh, when they were saying, "So uh, Hulk Hogan has you've gone on record to say that you have." A ten-inch penis, and he goes, "No, I've said Hulk Hogan has a ten-inch ten-inch penis." Oh my god! Terry Bollea does. <laughs> <laughs> like, but why is that even relevant <laughs> to the? Fact, well, Hulk Hogan has a series of making unsubstantiated claims about his anatomy. He had thirty-four-inch pythons. They were the largest pythons in the world, which is not credibly accurate. We do have to. We have to subtweet him here. You know, so the, the, and, and the idea. Oh, go ahead. Of Hogan, the idea of Hogan explaining kayfabe to a fucking court <laughs> is the funniest thing. It's I on. Can think it's of on YouTube. Right it's on YouTube. You can oh, watch it. God. Uh, <laughs> hey, but, you know, but going back to it as far as like how Hulk Hogan is Hulk Hogan. Uh, if you watch, like you know, when uh, when Undertaker was doing their, like his, his the press rounds. And they were talking about like Hulk Hogan, and then in the first time that Undertaker won the, the championship, Hulk Hogan was complaining that um, that uh, Taker gave him the tombstone uh, too hard and hurt his neck at that Survivor Series match or whatever uh, pay per view that was. And if you go back to look at it, like yep. he his head never was like freaking two feet above <laughs> yeah. above, and like he was coming yeah. back, he's like, "Oh brother, you got me. Oh man, what happened? You got me good. You got me good." So he's all Taker's all scared that he's gonna have to fucking, you know, uh, he's gonna get fired already. Uh, but he's coming up with with shoot reasons as to why he didn't kick out. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so. it's amazing. It's literally because I think it was he was supposed to be on a chair, right? Yeah. yeah. But it was like yeah. literally his head. Oh. Is everyone still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Hey, you. you I love how you, we I lost you. We lost other... you, Jim. Jimothy, did we? Oh, I didn't hear. Yeah, him. He's there. Oh, okay. Oh, I was gonna say I love how every other show we have to bring up Hulk Hogan. <laughs> every show. <laughs> it's well, anyway, okay. So moving forward, is he a immiv- immovable? Which one is he? The irresistible force. You know, he's whatever. A, he's irresistible. 
Well, no, he was the immovable object that night. No <laughs> well, he shit. He couldn't move. <laughs> Dude, Too much pasta. <laughs> you don't got when you got twenty four price on it, buddy. I appreciate the restraint until now, Tank. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, speaking of Hogan, next match we had was Jericho versus MJF. Uh, uh, for speaking of Hogan, Jericho, Jericho's like the fucking Hogan of AEW, man. Okay. <laughs> Is he not? Non grata. Is he they not? WCW and they both. Hogan, not Terry Bolia, man. How many times are you going to go through this? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Jericho's so, been taking a lot of shit lately, I guess, for uh, post-election oh. and stuff. Well, yeah. you know. Dude, that's my favorite shit, though. Goddamn MVP. MVP. Uh, MVP, oh, you are the, man. the MVP. <laughs> Look, <laughs> delete this. The delete balls. This. I love it. Look, oh, God. who you vote for is none of my fucking business. I can give two shits who you, who, who you, who you voted for. But when you get facts wrong and you... And you uh, and you have an audience, a big fucking platform where other people are going to be influenced by the things that you fucking say. You better say the truth, and you better not. And, and you better not get butt hurt when someone, someone who also has influence, maybe not as much as you, but calls you out on your bullshit. And you better fucking correct yourself. You damn Canuck, you fucking Canuckle head, fucking <laughs> hoser. I don't give a shit eh, about what you think, eh? But yes. Well, dang uh, it, we're not getting Chris on the show hey. now. <laughs> eh? <laughs> no. I'm talking about anybody, anybody that does that, not just Chris Jericho, man. Specifically Canucks, though. Yeah, especially yeah, Knuckleheads. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, as a match, I couldn't give a fuck. I mean, it was it really... It doesn't make sense for anybody. And it just wasn't it a good match, anyways. It was. I, I don't think MJF is actually joining the inner circle, though. I really don't. He better not. There's no way he joins the inner it, circle. It, does, it, it makes no sense for the, their, the, the company's best talker to be put in a group of with the company's of, other a bunch best of other pretty good talkers. Yeah. 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 No, I, I uh, just. So go ahead. My guess, my guess is I think this is something to do with Wardlow. I think uh, either Wardlow's going to turn on MJF and he's going to join the uh, inner circle or they're going to push him face, which is honestly what I'm kind of thinking. Um, well, yeah, because you got you you to get him again in Hager. That, I mean, that's what it's building yeah. up to. I want to see that. I don't. I don't give like just if they're if that's what they're gonna build to, then just split them from from MJF already because like right now he's just the silent bodyguard who stares at the other silent bodyguard and like yeah. Well, that's. I mean, yeah. And there was definitely that tension in that you know yeah. final moments of that match. But I will say though, uh, yeah. Like I as a like when he's on screen, like when I just he's to me he's he's a black hole of charisma. He's the Bret Hart of uh, uh, that's not my words. That's somebody else's words. Who's that? Call <laughs> Who? What? Some you famous? No. Wrestling. Who's 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 the Black Hole of Charisma? Bret Hart is the Black Hole of Charisma. Right. Oh, that's what. But but I'm saying like Wardlow just doesn't have any charisma. Even that's when what he's I was talking about. But when he is on, I've seen him on like Being the Elite or some other. He definitely has more of a personality and more of a sense of humor than he shows on TV. So I'd like I would like to see him do more. But you know, right now he just you know. He's he might as well be test like he's just like a big dude with no personality. So, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the match, it was fine. It, it did no, neither of them. It was very much a you know just a match. It had to have the little Eddie reference, which I dig. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was a good time. But again, I mean, I've seen it 
so many times that it just I I was like, oh yeah, like it's. I didn't see it coming in this match, so I was like, oh cool. Yeah, Most true. of the time, you see it coming a mile away. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's true. I'll give you that point. But I thought I thought MJF the last pay per view had like an incredible match, just wrestling. I thought, oh man, he's moving pretty well, and I like what he's doing, and this is really good. So I had, uh, uh, you know, somewhat expectations. And again, yeah, this could have just been a, a dynamite match. Like absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I Jericho turned fifty today. As a matter of fact, um, he's still in great shape. He can still work. Um, but you know, a certain time, it's a certain time. I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think the move set probably needs to, you know, maybe be downgraded a little bit. And, uh, he started that he's doing the, the Judas effect, which is about the easiest move a guy can do and still look devastating. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. A lot um, more brawling, right? Yeah, a little yeah. more brawling. Not as many yeah. like suplexes or oh, snap he, 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 he broke out of the Frankensteiner, right? In this one, <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't a Frankensteiner. It, it one of the announcers called it that, and then Excalibur was like, "No, idiot." It was Jr. Right or was Tony? One. Of, I mean, they're, they're both just as stupid, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I don't remember what the actual move was, but I remember like getting a glimpse of it, and then someone saying Frankensteiner, and then I immediately looked and was like, "No," and then Excalibur was like, "Like you, you heard like the pregnant pause, and then he called it the actual name of the move, and they're <laughs> like, oh, that that's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's one, yeah, yeah. Root for the four lemonade." <laughs> <laughs> And it brings us to our main event uh, of the evening. Uh, the I Quit match uh, for the AEW World Championship with John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, I I love Eddie Kingston. And I know I know that uh, Mr. Danger wanted to make a point about uh, Kingston is the first AEW original superstar. That could be debated between him, MJ, and MJF, maybe. Oh. Oh. Hello. Cut, you cut out a little bit. Oh. Cut out, homie. Oh, we heard. I'm so we sorry. heard. Uh, M- we heard AEW original. Oh. Okay. And then you yeah. Made a funny what face. I, yeah. What I was saying it was the Kingston is the first AEW original superstar, and which which could be debated between him and MJF, possibly. Um, but it was still to me, and, and I'll, I'll let you if if you want to do if you do want to talk on that. Uh, Mr. Danger, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the point I was making is that I feel that uh, Eddie Kingston has has gone from what I really saw in NWA and like this guy's kind of interesting, pretty cool, and now he's uh, he is what your kind of average wrestling fan is talking about. Like, man, what an interesting guy! You've got to see these interviews, right? This is a person that is uh, again wholly unique. You don't see this on NXT. You don't see this on uh, SmackDown, and. You know, I said earlier that he's kind of leapfrogged Omega and uh, Adam Page to uh, to to kind of be on this. So you know, the buildup was great, and you're mad. He could say anything, and I feel like the past month or two, you could say anything on Dynamite. You didn't know what was going to happen, and that's part of the fun. He's like, this is kind of captivating TV, and um, and I thought it was interesting. It was a really great buildup, and I think he's he's really got star potential. The match, though, I thought was uh, it was kind of fun i don't remember anything like that spectacular i you know thumbtacks and and barbed wire and stuff but uh, i honestly I, these fucking hardcore main events need to go dude i just yeah. do not give a fuck sorry but 
you know, I, I, I grew up at literally grew up in the era of the extreme wrestling and stuff. And that definitely, definitely has its place, but I, it, 2020 in your main event. No, bro. And I guess like for these two, they, they that's what they're sort of, they have a background in that. Um, but yeah, as, but again, you know, it, storytelling yourself it's i get why in this this way it's supposed to be because you know eddie kingston doesn't he never says i quit and he's gonna brutalize him and all this stuff so storytelling it was fine but ultimately like you know i don't think any one of us thought kingston was actually gonna win the title um i was hoping for it <clears throat> yeah uh, but i didn't didn't that wasn't gonna happen eddie kingston's a guy that's been around on the indies for a, for a long time he was sort of like the indies guy, like he was that holdover that was never going to get signed to WWE, wasn't going to get like a television deal. He's a little too rough around the edges. He's a little too wet East Coast. He's a little too that guy. You know, it's like never a, had a great. Yeah, build. it's like if Bubba, if Bubba Ray Dudley and Taz had a baby, it would be Eddie Kingston. Yeah, there you go. I can see sort of see that, but you know, he was always that guy. But even when he'd pop up, like he always like you know he he looked like a schlub kind of with his shitty, Cute. you know he. he yeah, his, his <laughs> terrible gear. But he'd always be like, damn, you know, he's he's definitely got something. Like, he's a good talker. Like, even he's always been charismatic in, in, of his own right. But I think he's hit a stride in the last year that's unbelievable. Did you guys, see, anybody here see the newest Being the Elite? No. no. Promo of the year. Promo of the year. There's a promo on Better Being the, the Elite. What's up? Better oh, than the cookie one? It's watch it tonight. And let me know, but people online, and I think again, I do not think the influence and the over the how much honestly how much influence being the elite has uh, again made John Silver star. This whole thing where like they're every being elite they're giving you know Eddie Kingston like a cookie or something to quickly you know cut a promo on. That's got him just as much over as anything you're seeing on TV because that's modern wrestling fans are online. They do everything online. So something like a stupid YouTube show is just as important to them as a weekly televised wrestling show. But Kingston has finally gotten a chance to be himself. Mm-hmm. And um, even when he first came out and he was sort of like, you know, kind of getting that faction together with whatever their goddamn dumb name was. Uh, the, but, family, you know, the family, right? But, yeah, but like, you know, when he would do his just his sly looks like he was plot, that was getting him over just because of just his pure char- charisma and what he was bringing. But uh, I to to a point though, yes, this was amazing. It was cool that he got the spot. Um, I definitely know that like it was a thing of like let's give Eddie his moment in the sun. But yeah. what happens after this? This is what's important because yeah, obviously I was gonna bring that up because this match made so little sense um in terms of like it's their first encounter on AEW um and they're going straight to an I quit match um second encounter and then is it's their second yeah yeah they had that one on one oh god i'm blanking why am i blanking yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, had they, the... they had that match they had that match where uh, Eddie Kingston passed out that's why you're saying i never quit i never quit Okay, all right. So, so we've we've gotten one occasion where he says, "I never quit," and then on the second occasion, he quits. Well, no, that's <laughs> that, but what he was saying is, "I've never quit anything in my life." You know, I know, but like from from a viewer's standpoint, like we've seen him not quit one time, and yeah. then the next time we I see, see him saying. quit, it it felt like it felt like they they cut. 
Well, they did an origin uh, story. I mean, like, they, you know what I mean? Like, kind of. Like, they, the they did they did an origin story and, 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 and for like Batman when we've Wanda's... seen that origin story like six or seven no, times. I don't think I don't I don't and think we that haven't matters. seen that for Eddie. Yeah, I don't think that matters. You, you just say you you say it enough, you're gonna believe it. You know, like I didn't like, believe it because he quit. <laughs> well, I mean. You, I believe in his promos. I mean, his passion, the way he tells his promos, like, yeah, this motherfucker's never going to quit. And that's what actually, and I don't know, I mean, yeah, the the fan in me knew, or, you know, the the mark in me knew that Moxley wasn't going to win. I mean, that, that Moxley was going to win. But the fan in me had a little bit of hope that 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 uh, that Eddie was going, going to get over. No, it I felt think like he- they took the beginning of a, of a feud and the end of a feud and they just cut out the rest. I can see what you're saying. But unless it doesn't end here, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Absolutely. Like, we don't know what's going to happen next. But I will say, watch that promo on Being the Elite. We'll do. Like, and the thing is, like, every the joke online now is, does Eddie Kingston know wrestling is supposed to be at work? Like, <laughs> um, And again, it's because of the sh- sheer conviction. Now, yeah. my biggest thing is, if he doesn't become the, like, like, the top heel outside, like, even above, you know, uh, Jericho and you know above MJF. MJF. If he isn't like the main heel, or I don't know, or like the next like ba- underdog babyface, like I don't know what you do with him. He, he he's. I don't think it's hard for him. It's gonna be hard for him to be a heel now. I mean, I think he has. He's his he like again his background story of you know not having nothing. Well, wait, wait till you watch that promo and you'll see how right you are. Like it, that promo is like everybody's like, dude, I, I didn't, I haven't cried to a wrestling promo in years, and <laughs> or ever. it's real. Yeah. <laughs> it yet either but what even going into the show like what really what really resonated with me coming out of dynamite actually and that that was the match i was going to watch the most closely was what happens with Pac, because i mean by and large you know if you're looking at AEW history and canon like eddie kingston took the death triangle quote unquote away from Pac. like these were his this was his team what happens now yeah. and like i can make out the vignette Ooh. that aired entirely but I get the feeling that he was alluding to like, Oh, you know, I'm all alone. Like no one to, you know, no one to play with. Like I get the feeling Fox coming for Kingston actually, you know, I feel like the next logical step has to involve mom, right? Like they they, they spent all that time talking about, talking about his mom and talking about the promises that they made to mom. I think, I think it would be interesting to see, have just have mom come in and like, maybe she's a little (laughs) disappointed in Eddie. I don't know. I think that'd be pretty fun. So then, but then you can't really, you yeah, can't really keep it with Kingston and Mox if now you have Omega and Mox, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. I mean, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really, it'll be a clusterfuck to have all those main guys going after Mox like that, like the way they did with the it is right one. now. Um, I'm still on record to say though, as much as I'm a big fan of Pac's work and what he can do, uh, something tells me he's not the easiest dude to do business with. Absolutely. No. I mean, that, 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 and, that's that. That was at the very beginning of AEW. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how long he's he hangs around with AEW. But uh, I mean, and I, I would think though that is a weird like mashup of styles. That's a very weird mashup of styles. Eddie Kingston and Pac. But uh, I would just like to see. I'd like to see Pac. Uh, uh, you know, he's a fucking amazing uh, performer, and I also think he's an amazing heel. So, um, how about another faction? Because that's what. AW that's what AEW. Way too many factions. 
Yeah. Which, I, I was going to throw this in before we end. Uh, one person I thought that had a really good match, and it wasn't on the pay-per-view, but it was on Dynamite, was Trent. Trent had a nice singles match, and I thought there was something I saw about him that I just had never seen before. I thought, man, this guy looks good. He moves around. Uh, the closest comparison I thought was like a kind of a, a young sting Right, I just yeah. thought like this guy moves around, and, and he was just doing excellent work. And I thought, man, I this Trent, I it was like a revelation. I don't know, I they, just caught me at the right angle. They, yeah. The way that they booked Trent since he got there is even every match. Watch every match. They're like, you know, this is a great team. I mean, Ch- Chuck's good too, but this Trent kid's a real because you know he looks good. You know, he he, but he's the weird like I. There's no bigger best friends fucking fans on this earth, but uh, Trent Breder Trent is a weird dude, man. Beretta. Like he's such he, he's such a well, you know, is his uh, Trent with a question mark? All the weird shit he's had on the Indies, but um, uh, he's such an interest. Like a it, 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 I don't think he really even 